Well, good news if you like an economic slowdown, you know, if you're a central bank governor, for example, because there are signs of it this morning, particularly in Europe and in the UK, where the unemployment rate ticked up. But so did wages, probably showing the Bank of England has more to do and is taking longer on the home front, too. We'll look at yesterday's consumer confidence numbers and the NAB business survey. And we'll look ahead to what Philip Lowe might be saying at lunchtime today as well. Plus, US inflation today. We can't miss that. And the RBN's great decision and the Bank of Canada. Lots to keep us busy today. It's Wednesday, the 12th of July, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, another fall today in the US dollar. It's down a quarter percent on the DXY. A small rise in the Aussie dollar. It's up over 66.8 US cents now. The pound has had a strong day, up over half a percent and a 0.7 percent rise in the Japanese yen. US equities are rising at close. The Nasdaq up 0.6 percent. The Dow is up 0.9 percent. The S&P 500, two thirds of one percent up. The Eurostoxx 50 and the DAX both up more than 0.7 percent. And the CAC 40 closed up one percent on Tuesday. And small moves in bond yields, very small 10-year treasuries down one basis point. UK 10-year gilts up two. German buns up one. See what I mean? Not a lot of movement at all, but Aussie 10-year yields were down 10 basis points yesterday. Still at 4.18% though. And Kiwi 10-year yields fell 11 ahead of the RBNZ today. And oil, big moves up there, 2.64% or 2.6%, let's be precise, for the WTI and 2.3% for Brent. Uh, so let's have a look at the NAB business survey. First of all, it uh, it was a little mix. We'll start on that with NAB's Ken Crompton in Sydney. So Ken, uh, I mean, business conditions didn't fall. Uh, they're still uh, at, a, at an average level, really. Uh, but we did see a fall in retail conditions, but that was offset by improving construction conditions. So pretty mixed, but I mean, generally, there were signs of weakness coming out in this survey, weren't there? Yeah, morning, Phil. A few moving parts in the NAB survey yesterday, yep. um, as well as conditions holding steady there at above average levels. You also, but you also had the um, the, the confidence levels dip, dipping a little bit. So, mm. and then as you delve into the differences in the different sectors, I guess probably something that's yeah sort of in line with intuition to, to some extent that retail um, we've sort of been hearing more and more anecdotes of, of retail weakness, and that has been coming through in our survey and that just starts to back it up again that that data point yesterday but then in construction um you know obviously that sector's been in a bit of a on the domestic side at least has been in a, a pretty severe lull as interest rates increases have gone through but i guess as you've seen in some us housing data i mean maybe you can um we have a similar story here that as you've gotten a, a year or more into the into these rate increases, um, you know, stock of properties on the market has been has been falling, um, and as well as that, the worst of the goods price inflation or construction input inflation has gone through as well. So there's presumably just a little bit of latent demand started to pick back up there as as people are more certain about, about what forward pricing of construction. Um, Construction inputs is looking like so maybe so, that can explain some of that. But yeah, how how big an issue is pricing though? Because we saw labour costs two point six percent up in the quarter. Retail prices, even though we're seeing retail slowing, prices at one point six percent in the quarter. So labour at two point six percent in the quarter still seems pretty high to me. Yeah, those measures are coming off, but certainly in an, in an outright sense, yeah, still you know, st- st- still pointed to in a direction that, that's far too high to be of comfort to the RBA. You'd have to say. Um, you know, retail prices there sort of still still trending along at 1.5%, you know, at, at a quarterly pace, that's still pretty high. And um, certainly, you know, we haven't sort of seen too much impact from the the labour cost inputs that um, that sort of came as part of the minimum wage increases and award wage increases last month as well. So there's still a little bit of pressure to, to come through. And certainly, you know, Q2 CPI at the end of the month, um, you know, I think there's no sort of forward indicators in, in, in the survey there that would 
would give you too much confidence that's going to be um, yeah, sort of two different two expectations, which is to remain uncomfortably high. Yeah. And what about the consumer confidence numbers we saw survey uh, yesterday? The survey showed, despite a pause by the RBA, we haven't had a bounce in those uh, confidence numbers. There's a rising expectation for unemployment. The Unemployment Expectations Index now at its highest since September 2020. Uh, and they, I mean, there is a relationship, isn't there, between what people think will happen with unemployment and actually what does happen. So, I mean, that's that's a sign, perhaps, that the RBA can, you know, see that their work is is, is starting to have the impact. I mean, you know, not good for those people losing jobs, but it's starting to have the impact that they, they want it to have. Yeah, and I mean... We did see a bit of a sharper turnaround in some of those measures when the RBA first paused, but well, when the RBA paused back in April, and I guess possibly the the relatively mm. quick return to to hikes after that, maybe presumably you could um, sort of draw an extension that people are just sort of less uh, less confident that the pause is done this time. So maybe that's affecting affecting sentiment in you know in, in that sense that um, you're not as confident this is the lasting pause. So and I wonder whether we are at a turning point because for example if we look at the family index one of the sub indexes it says that uh, you know the expectation well it's currently 6.8% higher than a year ago in terms of family finances how people feel about it but the expectations for the next 12 months sees it at a 4.9% drop so that sort of seems to suggest that we are getting close to a slowdown but let's look at what's happening in the UK because the labor market there certainly seems to be easing The rise in employment was less than expected. The unemployment rate has risen unexpectedly from 3.8% to 4%. But it's the it's it's the rise in wages, which is the is the real concern in those numbers, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that's why that's a bit of a mixed uh, a mixed report in that sense. Certainly, look, um, the employment numbers move in the right direction, but those wage settlement numbers, uh, you know, are are. are big are going to be a big concern for the BOE, and that's sort of about what most of the commentary last night um, certainly centred on, and still leaves you know sort of upcoming BOE moves. You know, maybe does even leave a you know, another fifty point move on the table, and you've seen uh, pricing for BOE peak move back above, um, you know, mm. move back towards six point five. I think again, fifty one so, go, not um, two twenty five. Yeah, so we think they, they this think, might be because this is the average hourly earnings, including bonus, has gone from 6.7% to 6.9%. So obviously that's not what they want to see. So you think it could be 50, you know, a shock and awe move by the Bank of England? I mean, it certainly leaves the door open to it. I wouldn't say that's the core expectation at this point, but um, but, but wages increases are the other thing that the central banks globally are really trying to get ahead of. Obviously, that's the that's the key to any yeah, any, any potential um, yeah, sort of wage price spiral. So that that's still going to be a factor. And I mean, the difficulty with these, numbers as well is that yeah, there is that bonus component so it's um trying to discern you know what is the what is the longer run impact of a of, of, of short-term high bonuses versus um longer run base increases and sort of seeing where the blend of that comes out in the data is uh, is, is important yeah. as well and europe well economic sentiment there falling faster than expected in the latest uh, zoo survey the latest zw survey so for the euro area down from Minus 10 to minus 12 from Germany, from minus 8.5 to minus 14.7, which is the lowest since December. Uh, I guess we have to remember, though, these numbers, I mean, even though that sounds pretty bad, these numbers were seriously in the red for most of last year. So uh, even though it's bad, they've been much worse. Yeah, I think that's the key to understanding some of this. I mean... Certainly, the the good news story in an economic sense, or maybe maybe not so much for the ECB, was just how resilient the European economy proved over the course of late late last year and through through winter. I mean, helped helped by weather, um, which kept energy costs a little bit under control. 
Uh, and what we're seeing now is, I guess, a, a big a questioning again of, um, of just how sustainable this European outperformance is, is going to be. We're seeing some of these sentiment indicators they're falling over. And if you look at the obviously the big story over the past few weeks, you know, we've been talking about the um, you know the PMIs as well, showing that the the services sector strength is fading, and certainly this um, the the zoo survey and the other sort of European sentiment surveys are starting to to sort of fall into that into that camp as well. So that's just leaving us a little bit cautious about the, the longer run resilience of, of what we're seeing in Europe and maybe the um the underperformance that we we're expecting last year is um has just been delayed and that, that that's going to come into play this year possibly. It's just taking longer, isn't it? So the so the German the German response to the German zoo survey, thirty six percent believe the economy is going to get worse in the next six months, uh, which is three percent up on the last time they did the survey. Forty two point seven, almost forty three percent think there's going to be no change. I mean very few actually. As you'd be a brave person, wouldn't you, to say things are going to improve in the next six months. Uh, but they are expecting inflation. Almost you know, eighty three percent expect that inflation is going to be lower in the next six months. But they are seeing a, a slowdown in the economy. Uh, at best plateauing. So, uh, yeah, not a great ground for optimism there. No, certainly not. And, um, I mean, interestingly, though, I mean, we haven't seen too much of an outsized reaction in, in European, you know, bond yields or anything like that at this point. So I guess, you know, maybe this is maybe this evolution is not entirely, yeah, outside of what the market had been expected, or on the other hand. Telling you what we already knew. Yeah, um, things are yeah. looking pretty sick in Europe at the moment, well, yeah. or, 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 you know, the slowdown's there for sure. So what about in the US then, very briefly, because yeah. there's some figures I want to talk about in China, and it's a busy day ahead as well, so we'll get on to that. So the TIP surveyed, I'm not sure if anyone knows about this, but it's I had it in my list. It's the TIPP survey. It's only 900 people, and it's how they see things in six months' time uh, in terms of economic optimism. Uh, and uh, it was expected to increase a little from 41.7, but it actually fell a little to 41.3. And again, you know, 50 is contraction, so hardly surprising, perhaps, given all the Fed talk lately. So that's another sign that perhaps things are slowing down uh, in the US. But what about the small business, the NFIB survey? What, what direction did that head in? Yeah, well, that certainly told a, a slightly different story there to some extent. I mean, that, that actually beat expectations slightly. Now, it's remaining well and truly on the um well and truly on the weaker side. And I guess, um, you know, this is a survey of, of smaller businesses and there's a bit of a focus on credit conditions in there. So, um, we started to see a bit of a rebound in that last month, probably pointing towards a further fading of the US regional banking um, crisis that started back in March. And I think what we got yesterday, yeah, um, the overall headline index there was at 91. So, up about a um, up about a point a, a point and a half, and I think that probably says that yeah, the worst of that regional banking crisis is over. Certainly, things are still tighter than they were prior to um, yeah, prior to March. But some of the capex indicators in that survey, for example, um, yeah, that took a big that took a big jump in the last survey. That's that's persisted. Um, interestingly, though. Um, yeah, sort of some of the pricing measures are, are sort of showing a bit of comfort as well, either sort of stabilisation or falling. So, I mean, you know, once again, it's, it's sort of the small business sector, so not um, not the be all and end all of the US economy, but uh, but but the fact that 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 the you're starting to see a bit of a fading of the the banking crisis there, I think, is um, is encouraging right. news. And some rare good news from China. So new one loans, we've seen a big increase, uh, well above expectations. So that obviously means a slug of extra money, which is in the, uh, the the Chinese economy. So that has to be a good sign, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, big increases in the the aggregate financing numbers there. So I think um, yeah, Bloomberg, the, the median there was about um, it's sort of 2,300 billion won. We ended up getting yeah, sort of well over three, three, over 3 billion won in new loans, actually. So, I mean, looks some of the analysis I'm reading is pointing to 
um, sort of how depressed, I guess, those expectations were. You know, you certainly talked with Rodrigo yesterday about um, sort of languishing in, in various sectors in China, particularly in property. And you know, we did see some sort of specific targeted measures towards that sector yesterday. You know, with um, with developers being potentially offered, um, you know, loan extensions, a few a few sort of other things. Um, so to see that the refinancing numbers as well have come on have come in on the strong side is good. But um, but if you look at that in terms of a year on year figure, uh, that's actually still a you know, a, a downward um, a sort of a, a downward trajectory. So that's uh, that puts growth at eleven point three percent year on year in terms of aggregate financing. So that's still slowing, and broad credit growth there was still slower as well. Just um, governments raising more money over there, but uh, but private or but corporate bond issuance is is lower. So bit of a mixed bag in that sense. And I guess the key thing too to look at is that, um, yeah, the need for a sort of a more assertive sort of broader fiscal fiscal support program that Rodrigo was talking about yesterday, there's still not too much evidence of that coming through. Just a few encouraging headlines here and there. All right. Still waiting for that. And uh, we don't have to wait yeah. long for US CPI. We can't ignore that. The core rate was 5.3% last time. Let's hope it falls if it rises or even if it just stays where it is. I mean, there's going to be a bit of a market reaction to that. So let's hope it goes down. Yeah, consensus is sitting at 03 for both the core and the headline measures in the US tonight for CPI. Um, yeah, I think one of the factors that's going to be closely looked at is um, is, is rents. So that's still rent or rents and, you know, and owner equivalent rents as they, as they measure in the US CPI. So there's sort of good there's good reason to expect that um, on a, on a forward looking basis so that there's still going to be downward pressure there, but that could be where there's going to be a source of um, you know, source of upward pressure is still in the short term. Um, headline expected to be dragged down by by a good old friend, a uh, you know, used car prices. So that's still a, that's still a factor that that's sort of banging around and affecting uh, affecting affecting the prince as well. Right, and two central banks, the RBNZ, uh, fairly shortly, will they stick at 5.5%, and the Bank of Canada tonight as well, and they are expected, aren't they, to lift by 25 basis points, which I think is going to take them up to 5%, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, on the on the RBNZ, pretty strongly held view from our colleagues over there in New Zealand that the RBNZ won't move today. Um, yeah, there basically has been no significant um, changes you know, since their last meeting that that should be causing them to move, you know, um, in terms of you know, growth numbers, you know, Q1 GDP came out at minus 0.1 versus the RBNZ having penciled in a, you know, a 0.3 expansion. Obviously, that's backward looking, but in terms of what we've gotten out of the ANZ, um, you know, business uh, business survey and the QSBO surveys over there in the past couple of weeks, that's been very encouraging for, for the outlook. So, we've seen um, a lot of measures of labour market tightness starting to ease. Uh, you've seen some pricing pressures starting to come off, so there's really not too much there that should be forcing you know the RBNZ to, uh, to to change its hand too much. So I guess there'll be a bit of a bit of attention into into the detail of the statement, but um, but um, but yeah, not much chance of a so it's a very low chance of, of any move there. And then if you look at Canada, slightly different. I mean, they came in off the benches last month uh, with their with their 25 point hike. I think consensus is. Uh, well and truly on a 25-point move again for tonight. I think pricing is sitting around 17, 18 points, so mostly mostly priced. Um, so that, I mean, if you're looking through what's been going on in in, in that in that in, in that economy, inflation expectations there are pretty well controlled. Um, if anything, wages pressure has been has been moderating. And um, yeah, in, in general, it's looking encouraging. But I think in on on balance. Yeah, given sort of a bit of a late surge in inflation globally, um, the feeling is they'll they'll put in another twenty five. That'll take them to five percent. So, and for, yeah, whether they go on that is less clear. 
Yeah, and Philip Lowe, is it clear where he's going? Currently, of course, the RPA governor. Not sure how long that's going to last, but uh, he's talking at the Economic Society of Australia lunchtime today, uh, talking not just on monetary policy, but also the Reserve Bank review. Uh, can we expect any big takeouts from that, do you think, today? Yeah, I think it'll potentially be quite an important speech. So this will be effectively the RBA's response to the Reserve Bank review. Um, yeah, so... Obviously, a, a lot of what the RBA review talked about was in the hands of the government, but of course, some of it was also in the hands of the RBA, particularly in terms of um, yeah, matters of culture and meeting frequency and these sort of things. So, so be interesting to see whether we can get any timeline on moving towards a, a less frequent meeting schedule. So, sort of a six-week schedule, like you get on any other, um, like you get in most other banks. Uh, whether there'll be a, a loosening up of who we actually get to hear from more regularly on the board. So, will there be more board? Board speeches, um, and also there's also been some some um, stories out there that, that maybe there'll be a discussion around the, the possibility of publishing a vote out of the committee meeting. So there might be some vague timelines given on on these sort of reforms. I mean, obviously they're going to fall well within the the remit of the um, of the term of the next governor. So whether that next, I mean, look, there's still a, still a chance that that next governor could be um could could be Governor Logue. He could could get a short extension as is as is common, but uh, yeah, definitely seen as the outside uh, outside outcome at this point. Right now, lots of Fed speakers tonight: uh, Neil Kaskari, Raphael Bost- Bostic, uh, Loretta Mester, plus the ECB's Philip Lane. The beige book is out from the Fed as well to get all the colour from all those regional Fed reports. Uh, all of that just adding to what is going to be a very busy 24 hours, isn't it? But uh, we'll see what it brings us. Good to talk. Ken. Cheers, thanks, Phil. And that's the morning call for this Wednesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. It is actually uh, Tuesday afternoon, beer o'clock here in Michigan. I'll see you again tomorrow morning. Have a great day.